serving the great state of Montana. From the peaks of the Beartooths to the banks of the Clark Fork River, this is Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. An illegal alien murders a young college student, and the liberal Associated Press makes it a story about the dangers of women jogging. Doesn't make it a story about the dangers of illegal alien. It makes it a story about the dangers of women running. Uh, We're going to get to that story, and we're not just going to talk about the stories of illegal aliens in Georgia or New York or Chicago. We're also going to talk about some of the the stories and the headlines about illegal aliens or some of the stories and headlines that should be about illegal aliens but are conveniently left out of the headlines here in Montana. Maybe we'll get to that in the 9 o'clock hour. We'll see. Uh, maybe we'll get to it earlier. You never know uh, what direction the show is going to go in because uh, we take your phone calls and you get to help set the agenda here. Uh, 406-294-0970 is the number for you. We've got one guest joining us over the next two hours. Uh, the rest of the time, you get to be our guest. Uh, Ashley Smith-Thomas, founder and CEO of Freedoms Fund USA. She's going to talk about Trump's big victory in the South Carolina primary over the weekend. That's not coming up till 840, though, so we've got uh, phone lines open for you from now till then, and immediately after that, phone lines are open once again. Uh, Starting off the show here this hour, we got a message on our Montana Talks app. This came in last night. This came from Mike. Mike lives in the Kyla area, so so Mike is uh, listening in, in the Flathead this morning. Mike sent us this message. Everything that the left's president has done and is doing pisses me off. But this student loan forgiving really does. He says, I'm 62. In 1984, I took out a loan to buy a new log truck and trailer. With some money down, my bank loan was just under $100,000. And in 1984, the rate was around 16%. I worked hard, long hours logging and paid my loan off. And over the years, other loans also. By myself, the government did not. People need to be responsible for themselves. No one held a gun to their head telling them to put that on their visa card or that they had to go to college. Uh, that was from Mike in the Kyla area. Mike, thanks for that message. Yeah, I saw Steve Moore with the Committee to Unleash Prosperity in the Unleash Prosperity hotline says this. In some ways, Joe Biden's latest move to try to transfer student loan debts from them to you is his most brazen yet. Uh, and then he and then he explains why this uh, student, uh, I would call it student loan forgiveness program, but he's not forgiving anybody's debts. He's just transferring their debts to yours. He's making Mike and Kyla, who had to pay off his own uh, logging truck loan, he's making Mike and Kyla pay off the student loan debts of somebody else but anyway i'll start i'll start there right after this talk about how this may be joe biden's most brazen yet when it comes to student loans and then we'll jump right into the phone lines 406-294-0970 we got a caller on the line right now uh, and phone lines open for you plus you can message us on our montana talks app just like mike and kyla did 
From Randy Watson to Scobie, Montana, and the illegal immigrant invasion on our southern border. Boy, we had a little fun on Friday's show, but we covered the big, important, serious topics as well. What are we going to cover in the week ahead? Man, who knows? Man, stuff is just so crazy anymore. It's, it's like we talked about with Seth Dillon from the Babylon Bee. Reality is crazier than the satire. Uh, Montana Talks, the show where you get to talk. We'll be taking your phone calls and more. You can catch us every Monday through Friday, statewide, 9 to 10, right here. Broadcasting live across the great state of Montana. Montana is talking here. This is Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. Yeah, so this is what Steve Moore says is is why this is his most brazen move yet. So last week we told you how Joe Biden was bragging about the fact that, hey, the Supreme Court told him he couldn't do it. But that didn't stop me, he whispered. The Supreme Court blocked it, but that didn't stop me. Now, so you would think, okay, so he's tweaking his plan, he's refining his plan, and then he's going to kick a, a more tailored version of his plan out to try to meet the Supreme Court's ruling. No, 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 no. He's he's going even further with his plan than what the Supreme Court already put a halt to. Other federal student loan repayment plans forgive balances but only after 20 to 25 years of payments. The Biden plan will require only 10 years of payments and will allow the Secretary of Education to fully cancel the loans of borrowers who he subjectively thinks are at least 80% likely to be in default in the next two years. In other words, if a borrower meets one or more of the 17 categories of hardship, we use quotes, the loan is canceled in full. Steve Moore points out this is likely a more costly and sweeping approach than the original Biden forgiveness plan that the Supreme Court invalidated last year. That plan capped the cancellation of any borrower's debt at $20,000, while the new plan can wipe out debts in full. The old plan was for a one-off forgiveness, while the new plan allows the DOE to cancel debts on an ongoing, continuous basis. Now, I say that with another reminder here that as we told you Friday on the show, our national debt, we are already this year going to spend more money on interest payments on our national debt then we will spend on defense spending and Medicare combined. And so, and yet Joe Biden isn't canceling any debts. He's just adding more to it and he's making you pay for it. All right, into the phone lines we go. What do you want to talk about this morning? Let's go to Nancy in Roundup first up. Good to hear from you, Nancy. Hey, good morning, Montana Talk, Sammy. Okay, I, I've been following up on Nations to Neighbors. That organization, it's a Lutheran church organization that wants to bring these, uh, they call them refugees into Billings and also our state. And, uh, still no response, uh, from the Lutheran churches or, uh, from Nancy Van, uh, Marin, who is the coordinator of all this. And I, I did leave her another message this morning and I told her about KBUL that you had invited her on to the station to tell her side of the story. And I told her nicely that I think that she should, uh, uh, you know, uh, consider that because we want to hear her side too. 
Yeah. And uh, that's all I can say is they are not responding, and I know that this is going to be uh, a snowball that's going to cascade down and cause more and more of these uh, illegal aliens into our, our state and the city of Billings. And as far as this uh, charter school, that really should be made into a detention center uh, to hold these people until deportation can take place. But uh, I'm going to make just a quick suggestion. I'm, You know, I'm busy with my campaigning, but what I want to say is if we can get a group big enough and you can contact the station, Travis or whatever, and contact me through an email and go down there in person and uh, to this her office, which is 3031 Grand Avenue, and we can voice our opposition to this. That's the only thing we can do. Um, until we can get another uh, Republican in the White House and more and more people like me that are running against illegal aliens in our in our state and try and put a, a end to this legislation. So that's my word for today, and I uh, we have to stop this before it begins. Yeah. All right, Nancy. Well, great to hear from you. Yeah, yeah. Now I, I may be mistaken. I, I believe Nations to Neighbors is is the the outfit, the nonprofit organization which is trying to bring all these so called refugees to Billings. I, I don't know if that itself is a Lutheran organization. I think they're working very closely with the with the with a, a Lutheran backed NGO uh, to set this up. But, 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 but basically, but basically you're on track though there, there with your story. Yeah. This is the organization that with, with the Joe Biden, John Tester state department of approval is trying to dump a hundred plus refugees. And then you can multiply that number based on other family members into Billings, Montana. One of the main groups, uh, that's going to be in these so-called refugees are Venezuelans. Now, I, I, I said later on in the nine o'clock hour, we're going to talk more about this illegal alien story. But the, the young woman tragically murdered by an illegal alien suspect in Georgia. Where is he from? Venezuela. Uh, the guy that shot at cops in, in Times Square. Where is he from? Venezuela. The four guys that beat up people on the on the CTA train in Chicago. Where were they from? Venezuela. And so now you have so-called Venezuelan refugees that they want to dump into Billings, Montana. Uh, anyway, uh, Nancy, thanks for the phone call. Yeah, and, and yeah, open invite as well. I'll, I'll do another follow-up myself to Nancy Van Maren with Nations to Neighbors. Say, hey, if you want to join us on the show, I've, I've met her before, and she's and she's a, a nice woman, and, and I think her heart's in the right place. I just think that these outfits are wrong uh, with what they're trying to do. And I don't think they're they're helping to serve anybody who truly is a refugee by, by dumping them in places like Billings, Montana, either. Uh, Scott in Bozeman next up. Scott, what's going on? Uh, actually, Scott, hold that thought because it looks like, I'm, man, the time's already flying by. We already got to take our next break here. So Scott in Bozeman, stand by. You're going to be first up right after the break. Um, he wants to talk uh, electric vehicles versus gas uh, cars, your typical uh, combustion engine. So stand by, Scott. We'll get to you right after this. Uh, big picture when it comes to electric vehicles. For those of you, <laughs> if you've got a fast car, they're fast. I've heard EVs can be fast, but uh, can they go the distance? That's the question. Um, EV EV car sales are still tanking. These things are not selling. They are stuck on the lots nationwide. Serving the great state of Montana, from the peaks of the Beartooths, 
to the banks of the Clark Fork River. This is Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. Yeah, so apparently these electric vehicles are not selling. Car dealers all across the country are just reporting these numbers and saying, yeah, nobody's wanting to buy these things. Anyway, Scott and Bozeman, great to hear from you. What did you want to share this morning? Well, just that, Aaron. Good morning. And, you know, Ms. Clyburn talked about their stagnant sales, and uh, President Biden would like to see 50% sales on these vehicles by 2030. But I had somebody the other day point out something very interesting. Imagine the scenario, and I'll be brief. So imagine every vehicle is electric right now, every, uh, every truck, every machine, every train, every vehicle, every taxi, every bus, everything. And somebody new came along and said, what if I have a vehicle that's cheaper to buy up front, a fraction of the weight, can refuel in only five minutes, has a greater range, less physical impact on roads, sourcing fuel materials has far less of an impact on the environment, it's cheaper to repair and replace, and in the case of a fire, they're safer and easier to extinguish. Materials, when expired, can recycle easier, and they're not as temperature sensitive to start and to drive. What? Which one would you buy? <laughs> yeah, you know, it's funny because you could really see this playing out. I mean, this would be like a Babylon Bee headline, one of their fulfilled prof- prophecies. Where, yeah, if if the tables were reversed and and we were solely an electric vehicle market all across America, and then somebody said, "Wait a minute, we've got a brand new idea." Let's do this. Everybody would be like, well, that's genius. Why weren't we doing that before, right? And But that's what right. these guys do. They upset the apple cart. They come in. It reminds me of like for people who've served in government or in the military, you know, you, you've got to get your annual evaluation done. And what do you got to do for annual your annual evaluation? You have to say, look what I did, right? And so, right. so you get these guys that will come in and everything could be going just fine. Everything's good. Don't worry. The, you know, the NCOs are handling business. Maybe we could do this. Maybe we could do that. Add this here. Add that there. A couple of tweaks, right? No, but you have to come in and completely do everything different just so that you can say you did something. That's what they're right. doing with these EVs. Oh, look at what we're doing. And they're screwing everything up. Yep. Yep, well, it's just more proof, Aaron, that these vehicles have nothing to do with the environment. Well, that, well, that's right, and uh, but it's a buyer's market out there, so if you were somebody looking to actually purchase an electric vehicle, there's a lot of them that are available, but y- your comments also get me thinking as well. Uh, there's, there's people, apparently, that are having troubles charging their EVs right now because given the disruptions to the power grid, et cetera. Remember when California exactly. told people to stop charging their EVs? Well... That's when only a fraction of the population is using these things. Uh, I mean, the same people that want to force us to use these things are the same people that want to shut down the natural gas plant in Laurel, stop it from getting up. They want to shut down Coal Strip. They want to tear out the hydropower dams. And so we don't have enough electricity as it is. Imagine if the whole country was dependent on these things. Well, that's just it. We're dependent on them, Aaron. That's the whole plan. That's right. And they want us dependent on them. Scott, great to hear from you. Thanks for the phone call. 406-294-0970 is the number for you. Clint in Bozeman. Clint, great to hear from you. Well, I'm glad to hear from you, Aaron. I've been listening to your program this morning and enjoying it. Well, thank you. Well, I got two things to talk about, and I'll make it real short. Both of them. The first one is this, immigration. 
there's over 30,000 Chinese people, men, young men of military age just came into the United States. I want to know who's funding the coyotes that bring these people and who's funding them in the, for their nice clothes and shoes and everything that they're wearing. Is it China? Is it, who is it? Is it Soros? I don't know. Maybe people can answer that question out here. Well, I'd say yes the and yes. Thing, and then I would yeah, add in the next thing I want to say NGOs and charities. Yep. And then I want you to comment on that after I get done and I'll hang up. You've heard about the abortion bill all the time. Pro and con about it. Now, does anybody pay any attention to the Fourth Amendment to the Constitution of the United States? I don't think they do. So I'm going to read part of it. It says, the right of the people to be secure in their persons, houses, papers, and effects, against unreasonable searches and seizures shall not be violated. That should say something about the abortion. Now, the next thing I want to say is Article 8 that Mr. Trump was quoted. There's a very short article, and what it and and what it says is this. Uh, I got oh boy, it says this: excessive bail shall not be required, nor excessive fines imposed, nor cruel and unusual punishment inflicted. That is what uh, Mr. Trump was uh, was uh, referring to with the Eighth Amendment. Mm. Now, do we practice the Eighth Amendment? Do we practice the Fourth Amendment? The Fourth Amendment should, I'm a Republican now, but the Fourth Amendment should tell you about abortion if anybody's got any brains. So you think the Fourth Amendment, which is the right to privacy, uh, justifies gotcha. abortion. So... Do you have no, it the, doesn't justify. It says you shall, shall, the government shall not dictate. Do you have the right to murder your neighbor because of your right to privacy? If your my right of privacy is is. Uh, but but you, you can't do whatever you want to another person just because right. you have the privacy. So so if the baby is another person, you don't then then that then you don't have the right to take of the, the life of that other person, right? Well, they're misconstruing that. It's, it says it, their rights shall not be violated. So, yeah, I, was, I mean, you, I, was, I pulled out my little pocket constitution, courtesy of Hillsdale College here that I keep in our studio, and I read along with you there, and, I, and so you, you read it word for word. The Fourth Amendment, but I think I think many of us would disagree with with your assertion that therefore, because the right of the people to be secure in their persons, houses, papers, and effects, I I, I still don't see how that justifies giving one individual the right to take the life of another individual. Uh, but either way, Clint, uh, appreciate your phone call. Clint was talking about the Chinese nationals that are surging across our southern border for those of you that missed it former secretary of state former cia director mike pompeo was on sunday morning futures with maria bartiromo and uh, summed it up very quickly uh, the chinese communist party has total control of who leaves their country 
anybody who came here from China uh, would have tried, had a hard time escaping Chinese Communist Party. They went with Chinese Communist Party's permission. And so some number of these individuals, I think we're now in the tens of thousands who have come across in just the last handful of months, some of them are here doing the work of the Chinese Communist Party. This will come back to haunt us in the years ahead. You can write it down. You can write it down. And that's just the ones we know about. Now, Clint asked another good question when it comes to the, the invasion the invasion on our southern border. Who's paying for this? Is China paying for it? I'd say, yeah. Soros paying for it? Uh, yeah. But all of these so-called nonprofit organizations, these NGOs, these non-governmental organizations, they're funding this invasion as well, which means they are complicit. They are complicit in the sex trafficking that's taking place. They are complicit in the drug trafficking that's taking place. And, and you know what? These folks who, who I, I fully believe that some of these folks, they, they really do. I think their heart's in the right place. I think they're doing the right thing, whether they're supporting this so-called charity or that so-called charity. But if they truly think that they're doing the right thing, I want them to go out. I want them to, to go to the reservations here in Montana, go to these communities, go talk to the grandmother who lost her kid from fentanyl. And now is raising her own grandkids. You go tell you go tell that lady how how much of a do gooder you are by facilitating this invasion on our southern border, while you're patting yourself on the back, pretending to be holier than thou than everybody else, while you cause this destruction and this harm to take place, while you facilitate the Mexican drug cartels, while you facilitate the communist Chinese uh, infiltration of America, while you help facilitate. Uh, known terrorists crossing our southern border while you pat yourself on the back why don't you go to the communities that are being devastated by your so-called charity and then tell us how how much good you're doing and how much holier than the rest of us you are uh francis in big fork thanks for the call what's on your mind well i can tell you one thing the government pays these churches they donate to them like Fifteen to twenty thousand dollars a piece. That's what they did in Grand Forks when they put all the Somalians into Grand Forks. And when they figured it out, this was the Lutheran services. They and then one of the guys counted how many Muslims there were at the Muslim church. He had nine hundred cars there, and nine hundred people, and they were all Muslims, all young men you know, 20s in their 20s. Well, look at Ilhan Omar, the radical Islamic member of Congress. I mean, uh, yeah, yeah, let's let's bring more Ilhan Omars into America right now. Uh, yeah, and yeah, even worse, frankly. Frankly, even worse than Ilhan Omar, given the fact that anybody is crossing our southern border right now. I, I think some of these people, Francis, they think, oh, yeah, we're, we'll, we'll bring them to America and then we'll convert them to Christianity. How did that work for Lebanon? Lebanon used to be a peaceful Christian country. Now they've been taken over by radical Islamists and they're lobbying missiles into Israel. Yep, that's right. And Iran is, you know, they want all these peace deals. Well, every time they have a peace, they let out two or three hostages and then they load up. How many more guns and stuff from Iran? That's right. So they can blast. Israel again, and then our local paper. Oh, the Palestines are getting killed. 29,000. All right, we're going to hold it there. 
Hey, good news, Montana. The phony Climate Change Coalition is cracking up. See what Montana's AG, Austin Knutson, had to say. Go to MontanaTalks.com. This is where Montana talks. Montana talks with Aaron Flint. All right, let's see. I think we should have uh, Ashley Smith Thomas on the phone lines. Travis, are we supposed to call her or is she calling us? Uh, we should have her any second now. But uh, thankfully, we still got Francis and Big Fork on the phone lines. I wanted to go all the way up to that last hard break there. Um, Francis, you were making a great point. In yeah. fact, one of the biggest problems with that phony so-called border deal was the fact that they were going to give billions of dollars to these very NGOs that are facilitating this invasion on our southern border. But you you were talking about something in the local paper. What was what did you want to mention about a, a headline in your local oh, paper? They that? always support uh, Palestine, but they never support Israel. You know, they are just so one-sided. Twenty-nine thousand Palestine people have been killed. Well, if it's that many, how come they killed half of them themselves? Well, why do they keep committing terrorist attacks? Why do they keep, uh, you know, serving as a safe ground for for terrorism? Right? Yeah. I mean, did these same newspapers? Did these same newspapers complain during World War II about the fact that more more Germans were killed uh, under the Nazi government than than Brits? I uh, it's not. so absurd. Yeah. Well, Francis, thanks for sticking around. Great to hear from you. Um, speaking of uh, the local paper and local headlines, what in the world happened to the Daily Interlake? I mean, I know not everybody can be as good as Frank Mealy who was the editor of the Daily Interlake. But I saw a headline from the Daily Interlake over the weekend. And it's like, are you kidding me? Their headline was this, border security, a top issue for candidates, Republicans and Democrats alike. Oh, give me a break. Give me a break. Oh, Oh, so now after ignoring border security for three years, and I'm not just talking about liberal Senator John Tester, I'm also talking about the Daily Interlake. You ignore any any big connection to illegal immigration. Did they even in, include the fact that did they finally update their story about the stabbing in Kyla and how an illegal alien was involved in that? You ignore any story about border security. You ignore any story about John Tester being responsible for this invasion on our southern border. But the, but, the, but the moment you finally have a chance to do a story about border security, you're literally just copying and pasting Democrat Party talking points. I mean, give me a break. All right. Well, let's jump right into it here. We've got uh, Ashley Smith Thomas, uh, founder and CEO of Freedoms Fund USA. Uh, with us on the phone lines right now. Also spent time as a fellow at Heritage Foundation. Ashley, great to have you back on the show this morning. Thank you for having me. Well, uh, I really, I got it later this hour, I've got to play the audio of uh, of Jimmy Fela from Saturday Fox Saturday Night. He's the uh, former New York City cab driver turned uh, stand-up comedian slash uh, his own show on Fox now. But 
He said that Nikki Haley is becoming the political equivalent of Milton from office space. But uh, either way, your take, Donald Trump, with a major victory in South Carolina. And this is the home state of Nikki Haley. Really, she should have done better in, in South Carolina, right? She should have. I mean, you would think that she was, especially with that being her home state, and she had served as governor uh, there in South Carolina. Um, you would think that she would have had a better chance, but clearly people have spoken and they wanted Trump. And so um, over the weekend on Saturday, it was the South Carolina primary. Polls had already predicted long before um, the primary that Trump would secure, secure it. And sure enough, I mean, it was no surprise he did. Uh, according to the Associated Press, he came in at 59.8% and gained 47 delegates, while Haley came in at 39.5% and gained three delegates. Um, and it's interesting to see because so far, I mean, Trump, he's won every primary, such as Iowa, New Hampshire, Nevada, the U.S. Virgin Islands, and now South Carolina. Tomorrow, they'll be in Michigan. Uh, there's a little bit of polling, not much. It's coming out of Michigan, but from what we can tell, it already shows that uh, Trump is expected to secure Michigan. Um, and then next Tuesday on March 5th, we have the Super Tuesday, which 16 states, uh, that's their primaries. Um, and it's expected already polls are showing that Trump's going to secure those states. So Nikki doesn't really have much of a path to victory, it appears, when it comes to trying to beat Trump at this point, um, especially when you look at the delegates and California having 169 delegates, Texas having 161. Um, and it's already showing that um, – it's already showing that uh, Trump and polls is going to secure California, um, and already polls are showing within the past week that he's already 70 points ahead of Nikki Haley here in Texas. So why is she still staying in at this point? I mean, even even the Koch brothers, and, and I agree with them on most of their positions, but none of us agree with all of our friends on everything. But but even they're telling Nikki Haley that, that their support is over with now. Why is she staying in at this point? Is it Because I don't think it's helping her for 2028 if she wants to be run for president after Trump. To me, if anything, it's just kind of eroding her brand, not improving her brand. And that's a really great, great point, and I agree with you. I think it's going to hurt her if she doesn't step down here soon. Um, and I get, I completely understand wanting to stick through it through uh, March 5th, through Super Tuesday, and I think that's great. I mean, and it's always fun to have a good competition, um, but I think the issue here is, um, you know, when you look at how the Coke organization, how they pulled out their organization, Americans for Prosperity, they have spent $32 million to boost their campaign, and after her loss in South Carolina, uh, they went ahead and halted their funding. So then my question is, okay, if they do that, that's, which that's huge for the Cokes to do that, um, then it's, you know, looking at, okay, what other donors are going to halt or is she going to continue to be able to raise money? Um, I think at this point, if, because again, it's expected that she's not going to win Super Tuesday, um, I'm curious to see what she's going to do afterward. In a way, I kind of see her pulling a little bit of a Hillary Clinton here, meaning that when we look at 2016, Hillary couldn't believe that the American people didn't want her, that the Americans wanted Trump. And we see that um, here with her because when the South Carolina primaries, after her loss, Nikki came out and she stated, quote, I'm not giving up this fight when the majority of Americans disapprove of both Donald Trump and Joe Biden. And she went on to say, quote, South Carolina has spoken. We're the fourth state to do so in the next 10 days. Another 21 states and territories will speak. They have a right to a real choice 
not a Soviet-style election with only one candidate, and I have a duty to give them that choice, end quote. And so she's right. South Carolina has spoken, and they want Trump. But the fact that she's now trying to draw this and trying to make it sound like we're going to have a Soviet-style election is very similar to that of Hillary when she said that Trump won because of Russia collusion, uh, which then ended up being false. So I think Haley needs to probably um, – Watch what she's saying here because she's starting to sound a little more like Hillary, and in my opinion, and before you know it, she's going to be alienating herself and alienating different people groups. Um, so it's, it's going to be interesting to see. Um, some people have asked, you know, would she go on an independent, you know, would she try to be a no labels um, candidate, especially since now that Joe Manchin uh, said no, that he's not going to run for president under no, no labels. Um, I don't know. I haven't heard if Nikki's going to do that, but I do think that. Um, she's not going to go away anytime soon. Um, I think it's going to have to be the funding, the donors backing out uh, in order for her campaign to not be able to move forward. Because at this point, she seems like she is still going to remain in the fight because she truly believes that the American people want her. Yeah, and I, I just wish more Republicans and, and conservatives would realize when they're being used by the Democrats simply uh, as as a wedge against other Republicans or other conservatives, or to, to try to undermine the leading candidates or whatever. And I, and and, and sometimes I, I think they get so wrapped up into whatever they're in the middle of that they that they don't see how they're being used. And and then and if they ever actually were the candidate, this the same media that that appears to be propping you up would quickly turn on you, much like they've done to, to others uh, in the past, Mitt Romney, John McCain, etc. So Super Tuesday is already a week from tomorrow. It is. So it's March 5th. And, and to your point, too, I mean, being used by Democrats, you know, I think within the past couple of days here, it was very telling when you had um, Governor Newsom of California coming out saying that Haley is the Democrats, quote, best surrogate against Trump. I mean, what does that even mean? Right. And so the fact that Governor Newsom is now saying that and um, I don't know I think it's going to be a hard path for for Nikki Haley in terms of really creating that path to victory as we go into Super Tuesday. Um, again, that's going to be 16 states, um, with California and Texas having the most delegates. And so it's going to be telling and really interesting to watch uh, as we gear up and lead into uh, March 5th, which is just really right around the corner. That's right. And, and meanwhile, on the other side of the aisle, it looks like uh, Gavin Newsom is, uh, is, is playing the perfect suck-up-in-chief. I don't know if he's proven to be a potential commander-in-chief, but boy, he sure knows how to, how to kiss up to Joe Biden. I don't know if you saw him on Meet the Press. We've got about 20 seconds before the break here. Oh, yes. Well, I tell you what, Newsom, <laughs> he, he, you'll never have a dull moment with him. And what's funny is that he definitely pitches that to Joe Biden anytime that he can. Um, and he's willing to do it. And so that says a lot about a lot about him. So it'll be interesting to see what, if he has any further political aspirations. But um, I certainly wouldn't be trying to kiss Biden's dream. Oh, man. When he said Joe Biden has given the master class, uh, the master class on what? destroying the country anyway ashley smith thomas thanks for your time great to catch up with you as always turn up your radio here's the sean hannity morning minute here's the history of joe biden he's one of these people that he's describing he didn't serve with them he partnered with them he partnered with the former Klansmen, and between the two of them they tried to stop the integration of public schools in america and for any Republican running for office that came out, what do you think the reaction from the mob, the media would ever be? The only one that brought it up in 2020 besides me and maybe a few others 
uh, was, uh, of all people, Kamala Harris in a debate and said, I was that, that girl. I was that person. He didn't want integration of public schools. He said his words, he didn't want them to become racial jungles. Wow. Check out the Sean Hannity Radio Show later today, right here. Hey, you can give your home a new look this year with premium custom window treatments from our friends at Blinds.com. Right now, you save 40% off site-wide. Now, you can choose from Roman and woven wood shades and shutters. My favorite, they're motorized options and much, much more. It's all 100% online. The better way to shop. No pushy commission salespeople in your home. Blinds.com, they make it simple, simple, easy, easy. Anyway, you can do the measuring, the installation yourself, or you can let Blinds.com handle all of it for you. No matter how many window coverings or window treatments you have, you only pay one low installation cost, whether it's one or 50. How cool is that? And forget about going through a long, boring, monotonous in-home consultation just to get a quote. Blinds.com also gives you free shipping and the best part, 100% satisfaction guarantee. What does that mean? If you're not happy, they will make it right. Anyway, shop Blinds.com right now. Save 40% off site-wide, 40% off for limited time at Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Apply. This is the Montana Economic Minute. When you buy something, you want to know what it costs. If you accept a job, you want to know what it pays. Those are just the most obvious examples of how information helps us make decisions. It's true at every level, from making decisions about you and your family to making decisions about the economy. But when it's the government making the decisions, some people think otherwise. Despite a 250-year-long tradition of gathering data and information on population and the economy in the federal government, some want to sharply curtail the government's ability to gather information. Budget cuts, restrictions on what can be gathered, or even mass resistance and noncompliance. While oversight of bureaucracies like census is certainly reasonable, the across-the-board pushback of information gathering out of privacy concerns is harder to understand. Anyone who's used a credit card, cell phone, or web browser has surrendered more personal information about themselves than any census taker ever obtained. I'm Patrick Barkey. Due to the limits of your plan. Go to lifelock.com and save up to 25% your first year with promo code CLAY. Hey, good news, Montana. The phone St. Knutson had to say, go to montanatalks.com. Brought to you from the Montana Hot Springs Spas and Saunas Live Well, Feel Better Studio. Talking about the issues that matter to Montana statewide, this is Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. All right, we got some great messages that have come in on our Montana Talks app. Sean in Shelby uh, was listening to the phone call from Scott in Bozeman. Sean says, uh, Sean says this, your caller Scott talks and speculates about the future with a vehicle that is cheaper to buy, run, more recyclable, more environmentally friendly, etc. That vehicle is here now. It's what we've been driving for years, and it isn't an EV. Yeah, Sean, I thought uh, I thought Scott made that point uh, very well <laughs> with his phone call this morning. Uh, Andy and Whitefish uh, says this: "Great show, 
but I think we don't have a country. Hell, I'm a refugee in my own city, state, and country. I'll bet you there's a lot of people that identify with Andy, feeling like refugees in their own country right now. Uh, all right, let's see. A couple callers uh, thought that I misinterpreted what Clint had to say. Stephen in Big Sandy says, Aaron, I think Clint in Bozeman was trying to say that abortion is a violation of the unborn child's rights. Maybe I'm mistaken, but that's the way I took it. Thanks for the program from a fellow grunt. Uh, Bob in Lewistown says, Aaron totally misunderstood Clint. Clint was saying the opposite. He was saying that it would ban abortion. Uh, both To both Bob and Stephen, as much as I would hope that you are correct. Now, now Clint, tell, tell me if I'm wrong here. But, but Clint, Clint has called in before about the abortion topic, and, and he disagrees with most of his fellow Republicans on the, top, uh, the topic of abortion. So that's why I, I kind of knew uh, you know, that that's where he was going with it. But no, Stephen and Big Sandy, I mean, I, I agree with you. I think that, that actually everything the Fourth Amendment says is a justification for why you have a right to life. Right? Uh, so, uh, yeah, Stephen, I, I agree with, with your, your point on that front. All right, let's see. Hey, before we get to Jimmy Fela and more here, um, some of you are dealing with pain, uh, you know, pain that's so bad you're not able to get out and hike and hunt and fish and golf. You know, you, you're finally retired. Maybe you got the time and the money, but you can't get out because of the physical pain that that might entail. Well, let me tell you about QC Kinetics. They specialize in regenerative treatments. That's where they take the healing properties that are already in your body and put them directly into those achy joints. Uh, and so what's, what you can do is without surgery, without painkillers, and without the downtime that can be associated with that, you can get over that pain. Uh, regenerative treatment. That's what QC Kinetics specializes in. They're the nation's leader, and they're now on the ground here in Montana. Uh, give them a call for a free consultation, 406-201-6263, 406-201-6263. Uh, Jimmy Fela, the stand-up comedian on Fox on Saturday night, reacts to Nikki Haley's big loss in South Carolina, her home state. Nikki Haley is becoming the political equivalent of Milton from Office Space. You know the guy who gets fired but keeps showing up in office space? Do you know who I'm talking about? Where's the stapler? Where's the stapler? Thank you. That's what I was going to say. I said she should basically be bringing a red stapler to all of her events from here on in. Hi, Milton. What's happening? Um, I'm going to have to ask you to go ahead and move your desk again. So if you could go ahead and get it as far back against that wall as possible, that would be great. Poor Milton. Now, office space ends with Milton setting fire to the building. But we don't have to worry about Nikki because in the sequel, Joe Biden's already set fire to the country. <laughs> now, look, I'm not going to spend the night bashing Biden because I don't think anybody should judge the guy until they've tripped a mile in his shoes. <laughs> but the point I'm trying to make is it would appear the Republican race belongs to Big Don. And not only is Trump's resounding victory giving Nikki a reason to step aside, but he's even provided the footwear to do it. Look at this. Trump unveiled a sneaker line this week, and it sold out in minutes. I believe these are called Hair Jordans. <laughs> now, I should be upfront with the viewers. If you buy a pair of these, it won't get you drafted by the NBA, but it will get you watched by the CIA. <laughs> so you've got that going for you. All right. We got phone lines open and more coming up in the 9 o'clock hour of this show.